Yo, 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 Just Chats, back at it again with another episode. Um, this person has been requested by a previous guest, so um, I'm very interested as to why um, he, he speaks so highly of you, this person. So, um, guest, uh, who are you? Uh, my name's Andrew Jones. Um, I've been in Mount Gambia for all my life, which is 49 and a half years, so nearly 50 years. Uh, yeah, I've so uh, I work at Trident Tires as a manager slash tire fitter slash salesperson, a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's who I am. That's who you are. Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll get straight into it. We'll go, we'll go right back. So tell us about, uh, so you grew up here all your life, you just said, yeah? Yep. Uh, what primary school did you go to? I went to Reedy Park. Reedy, okay, yeah. And how was your primary schooling experience, if you yeah, recall? Yeah, quite good. I was probably zoned to Compton, actually. I lived out near the basketball stadium yep. uh, where my parents still live, and Mum dragged us into the biggest school into Reedy Park. Uh, so that, it was, yeah, I can't remember any bad times at school. Uh, had, yeah, good education there, I think, and I probably tried 60% of how hard most kids did, but primary school was more about having a good time than um, than anything else. But yeah, I had good friends there, which I've still got. Mm-hmm. Um, that school was a lot of, there was a lot of doctors, kids, and. Oh, yep. Um, which were all, all good guys, and um, most of them moved away now, but. Yeah, I think I, I enjoyed most of that. I can't remember any too bad at times, but... So you, did you fly under the radar, like you just coasted along sort of thing in primary school? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yep. I was um, hated public speaking, and every time that came up, I was normally I was probably sick that day or just didn't do <laughs> yeah. it, to be honest. Yep. And um, But I think my grades were okay, and not mm-hmm. that I can remember much of it, to be honest. I still see some of the school teachers, which I... And they remember me, which you never know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, yep. whether you're a good kid or a bad. Yep. But I didn't give them a lot of grief, I think. I was probably a bit of a smart ass, but... Um, that comes with the age, I think. Yeah, yeah. And high school? What high school did you go to? Uh, Mount High. Yeah. And how was that whole experience in uh, high school? Same thing. I think um, I was good at some subjects, didn't try super hard, which um, disappoints me a little bit now because I think um, I, sh- I should have made more of an effort, but I just coast through. I got B's and C's in most grades. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. I was probably the class clown, a lot of things, which, because I, I, which is weird. I, I never liked attention, but... Being the class clan gave you more attention. Yep. But it was, I could sort of joke it off. Um, yes, I'm not sure what that was all about, but I probably annoyed a lot of teachers, and, but never really got in too much trouble. Got um, suspended, not suspended, sorry, um, detention a few times. Yep. I wasn't game enough to get expelled because I had to go home <laughs> at some stage, and that would have been a worse fate than teachers anyway. But um, So, what subjects did you enjoy? Uh, I was reasonably good at maths at the time. Um, I, I was good with numbers, uh, obviously, PE, which most most kids are mm-hmm. um, didn't really like English too much uh, and I didn't try very hard at that um, science we used to muck around in to be honest we had Bunsen burners with flamethrowers and all that stuff that you've just got to try <laughs> as you're a kid you do because when are you going to do it again that's yep. exactly right yep. so. okay and so tell, uh, tell us a bit about the family so growing up how was, how was life growing up uh, yeah. in your household yeah no it was good um, dad uh, had his own business with another fellow called um, Gambia Auto Electrics down where the the uh, new Coles is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he worked big hours. Um, I probably didn't see him a lot in the morning. Towards the end, I used to walk, uh, sorry, go with him to work in the morning at, um, say, 7 o'clock, and then I'd walk to school. Yep. Uh, but he sort of worked from probably 7 till 6 most nights, um, which which were pretty standard back then. Used, they used to work, and mum was... Um, doing some cleaning as well as household work. So I used to help her clean the old softwoods of a night time to get some pocket money. And so mum and dad are both workers. Um, yep. uh, same thing. We didn't have crazy amount of money, but we never, they never missed out. We used to go on a 
trip to Melbourne. My mum's family's all over Mornington Peninsula way, so okay. we used to drive there once a year as a, as a family trip um, and get sort of presents like a push bikes at Christmas time. Yep. Not like now you can get in the shop on a Tuesday and buy a push bike. That just seems to be a, <laughs> yeah. a get now rather than wait for big occasions yep. type thing. But, yep. um, yeah, so no, my, my family group was good. I've got an older sister that lives in Melbourne and my younger sister's in Mount Gambier. Um, so, yeah, but I, I never had. I lived out, like I said, the basketball stadium. We used to go out Mount Percy and ride our bikes and yep. um, just do what we wanted pretty much. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Okay. And how were they, like, were they, like, big advocates of going to school or your grades didn't matter or, or do you really remember that no, much? Uh, mum, um, Dad probably not so much, but Mum, we, as soon as we got home from school, we had to get homework done. We couldn't go and um, play outside until we had our homework done. Mm-hmm. Um I can't remember getting ribbed too much on grades. She's probably disappointed that I didn't. I always said talks too much, um, doesn't concentrate, mucks around. So probably disappointed that I didn't try. But I, I never got into too much trouble about grades because I did enough to pass. Yep. But, but didn't really excel it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but always homework was number one. Always had to get homework done before anything else. So if I didn't dare come home without having a homework not done notice from anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you have children yourself? Uh, yeah, I've got two kids. Uh, Lockie is twenty-one. Uh, and Lauren is 16 and 17 coming up. Um, Lockie works with me down at Trident yep. uh, as a wheel liner and tie fitter. Um, has really good work ethic, so he's, he's a good kid. Uh, Lauren is in year 11 in high school. Um, so she's, yeah, that challenging part of schooling, where 11 and 12. Very mm-hmm. good artist, draws, paints all the time. Yep. Uh, very good at music, but doesn't spend a lot of time doing it, but could get on a piano and listen to something and play it. That's cool. But just doesn't... Um, Occasionally hear the piano going, but she doesn't spend much time doing that. Yep, yep. Uh, do you think? So did did sorry did your son Lockie? Did he finish school? Or did he leave early? Uh, no, he finished school. Yep. Um, didn't really know what he wanted to do. So when he was fifteen, he was working at Trident, um, just uh, after school or on weekends. Yep. And we sort of just progressed from there. Um, same thing. He still doesn't really know what he wants to do, <laughs> um, but he's been there since seventeen, I guess. So. And I think um, he enjoys what he does. The group of guys we've got down at work are good and we have a bit of banter back and forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sure it has its frustrating times like every, every I'm sure job. It, yeah. And would you say, I guess, does, have you turned like from what your mum thought school was and the grades and, and homework were important, have you then, you know, transferred that on to your kids or are you a bit more regressed or how, how do you <clears> treat <throat> school for your tr- um, children? The schooling that I did to me didn't... Um, it didn't affect what job I did. Yep. Um, but we always made Lockie do his homework and and stuff. And same as Lauren. Lauren's pretty good with that anyway. You have to remind kids because they forget apparently quite a bit. So <laughs> remind them to do it. But she would do it because I think she doesn't want to um, get bad grades. And t- to me, boys and girls, not all of them, but girls tend to be way more organised in getting that stuff done. Whereas yep. boys have got more things they'd rather do. Yeah. That. But that's not always the case. But in in our case, it is. Um, so, yeah, it didn't affect Lockie. And I think he got through okay and, and, and passed and we just had a job. And mm-hmm. so he went went with that for now. And I think he's going to still be there for a while unless he finds something else he wants to do. Okay. So we'll rewind back to like a, we did at the start. We we're going all the way back. So when you were growing up, what did you want to be? I actually wanted to be a saw doctor. I'm not really sure why, but that was just a job that for some reason stuck in my head. And I never really pursued to try and get it. It was just, I, I distinctly remember wanting to be a saw doctor. Um, but I have no one in the family. Or I didn't know anyone that did it. It was just one of those things that for some reason, um, 
so I never bothered chasing down that path. I must have just moved on from it. Yep. Um, I tr- went for an electrical apprenticeship with ETSA way back in the early days, passed the aptitude test, but totally um, fucked up the interview because I was like super nervous and there was three guys there and I'm like, <laughs> my head was exploding, so I didn't really know what to say there. So, so yeah, passed enough to get it, but then the interview just let me down, which um, which I would have liked to do that as a, as a job. Uh, and then just before the year 12 exams, there was a job come up at a Boropair store because my neighbour worked for Boropair. So mm-hmm. I left literally a month before the exams. Oh. And I don't, and like, do I regret that? Probably not. Um, I would have passed the exams and I would have got a high school certificate, but did it affect what I'm doing? No, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but I probably should have finished it. But my motto was, man, at the end of school, there's going to be so many kids looking for jobs. Mm. And I've got a job. Mm. So I might as well go and start making money and yep. I can buy things and um, and do that. And I'd worked for a long time, like a casual boy at Coles. My mum made, uh, made me work during school holidays and to do different jobs to learn what I was doing. So I knew how to work and I just wanted money, to be honest. So, yeah, no, that's um, – it seems like that's the, almost the mindset. Like previous people have said that, are, I guess, older or have, have had more experience in life. They've, they've finished school and it's like, I want the money. But now it's – I see, as a teacher, I see kids that they don't know what to do. They'll just go study because that's what they're like told to do, sort of. Yeah. Like, yeah. but it's it's, it's kind of cool that um your son's just gone straight into the workforce as well. What do you think your daughter's going to do? She wants to be a tattoo artist, apparently. <laughs> so, Bang. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she is a very very good artist and just can have a picture on. Traditionally, what she does is get a picture on her on her phone, and just she just draws and paints the picture off the phone. So she gets very good at replicating pictures. Or at the moment, she's doing a an art piece for her portfolio, mm-hmm. which is a um, I think it's going to be some sort of pig's head with body parts hanging behind it, like a the reverse of a butcher. The, yeah. the pig is the butcher, and human parts behind it type okay, thing. So, okay, which I know is pretty good. She's now a vegetarian. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so that was yep. the Um so uh, that's her portfolio, and she started drawing the pig in it. It is very, very good. Um, so if hey, look, if she wants to do that, we'll support her. I'm not sure whether it's a sustainable lifestyle, but yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully it is for her if that's what she wants to do. But I've no doubt before, before year twelve comes, something will come along, and I'm not sure what. I'm not sure you can be a full time artist or be a successful full time artist. It's probably quite tricky, I imagine. But I'd say in this town, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But that's still. That's cool. Like, I, it's and it's really cool that you're supportive of it because as soon as you started saying it, and you're like, like pig's head, and people are back, and you're like, it's good though. Like, that's cool. Like, I don't. I'm not saying I don't see parents like that, but you know, the fact that you're supportive of what your kid does, no matter what, is really, really cool. So, yep. kudos to you. Um, all right. So overall, would you say you know your whole schooling experience? Do you find it important? Like, I know you said you know you wish you went. You know, in hindsight, you wish you completed it, but did it really? phase or make you into what you are? It, it didn't change what I wanted to do. Um, and I've said this probably more to Lauren than Lachlan, that schooling, it gives you choices. So um, do I learn? There's some stuff that I did at school that I do actually now think, well, I do actually know that. But stuff, um, I don't know, they're doing legal studies and stuff like that now, which is stuff that you probably maybe need to know, mm-hmm. but it's, some kids don't like it. So to me, schooling just gives you choices later on. Yep. So if you finish your school and you have a good education, uh, some career paths are open where they're not. So for me, if I didn't finish year 12 and wanted to do some job, I'm mm-hmm. sure that would be a, be a hitch, um, be a hiccup, sorry. But yeah, so I'm hoping Lauren finishes school and gets good grades and then can choose something she wants to do. 
Um, yep. But it didn't affect what I did in, in particular. Yep. Okay, so you, you finished school. Like, rewind again. You finished school. Um, what were you doing? Um, sorry, yeah. What are you doing, like, after, after you, you know, that, that month before the exams? You went straight to work? Uh, yep, so I went straight to a, um, a place called Bow Repairs, uh, which was down where the fishing shop is. Um, got one fishing shop. Yep. And I was there. The manager, something went south with the manager that was there at the time, and I think he got the sack. So at 16... Um, I was managing the store straight out of school. Holy crap. Um, but w- to be honest, we, the other fellow I was with was a, m- a friend of mine. We played cricket out the back. And, <laughs> like, I didn't run with it. But I was just, like, dumping. We had no, I had no idea. And Burropeer's corporation at the time was they had a manager that used to come down once every X amount of months. Yep. So you're not doing this right or you're doing this right. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they just left. And you type in this little computer in the day, all your invoices went into a little... Um, I guess it is a computer, but it's a thing. And we had one secretary there, which, to be honest, I'm not sure how she didn't have a nervous breakdown because we were six genuine 16-year-old kids and that were rabbits, um, but just running that store at the time. So, But she was probably, I say I manager, but she was probably doing most of the managing and I had that role for a short amount of time. Yep. But we just fitted tyres and had a good time, to be honest. Wow. Um, so that was pretty unorganised. And then what happened is next door where the Tonkins building is, mm-hmm. that was called Five Star Radial, which was also owned by Burropair. So those stores combined. Okay. So I went to there. Then the uh, one of the managers went to Trident, mm-hmm. which then I followed him to Trident and have been there for 32 years. Yep, yep. That's... Imagine if that, that would not fly these days. Like 16-year-olds no. just... Running a tire shop—that's crazy. Um, but we got away with it. And like I said, I put a lot of credit to uh, Gloria. Was the um, lady's name? Mm-hmm. She would have done most of the organising. And and I can't remember ever making any sort of solid decisions other than selling tires and fitting them for people at the time. But uh, did anything go south? Like, did anything? No, I can't remember. We we did some stupid things. We used to put um, like a tire without a rim, a tube inside, it, and we'd blow it up until it exploded. Yep. And it would make this, like the windows would rattle, the people across the road at the fit, they used to have Capella Fish Shop, would run outside because they thought someone had blown up. Yeah. And we didn't do that five times a week. And she'd come out and she must have been shooting herself the whole time. Yeah. And in the end, I stopped doing it because I was sure she was going to have a heart attack of some sort. Yep. And we got trouble. Good times, though. That is awesome. All right. So I guess, I mean, the next question is, is there anything that you wish you, I guess, did or knew before you started getting into, I guess, you know, the tyre fitting industry or, or car industry? Uh, no, I still enjoy cars. The the retail retail side of things is tiring at times mm-hmm. um, because now traditionally I, I still fit tires, but I do a lot more selling and and helping manage the the Bay Road store. Yep. Um, so there's more headaches involved, and in, in naturally, well, I naturally wanted to progress. So if I was a tire fitter, I wanted to be what's next and what's next. Yep. You just naturally want to go go up the chain. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then when you get to the top of that chain, all of a sudden it's like, man, it's so much easier being at the bottom, just fitting tyres, because you don't have the responsibility and you've got sort of 13 guys that ask you questions yep. and um, customer issues mm-hmm. and and the constant, uh, like retail in general is tiring for everybody Yep. Um, at, at times. I do enjoy it. I like talking to people about that, but sometimes it's like, man, I just want to break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And, Wow. All right. So what, what, if you, okay. So now that you know that, you know, you've done, you've done retail for X amount of years, is there something, is there a piece of advice or a tip that you wish you knew before you got into the role? Um, I don't think I'd change too much. I'd still probably naturally just want to progress. Yep. Um, 
look, do I like sometimes I just go back and fit tyres for a while and have a break, but mm-hmm. I don't know that would have changed too much. I um, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a tricky. I did think about it, uh, but I don't know what the answer is to be honest. Okay, okay. Um, what have been the best resources that have helped you in your career then? Uh, resources to me, really, all I sort of stood by, which is my my own, is uh, I work hard mm-hmm. uh, and I and I'm honest. So, and I like to think people. I have customers that would just come to me for things, and and I, I stick by that. I don't try and um, rip people off. And, yep. um, so lately, I suppose like the the Google and stuff. Like honestly, <laughs> yeah, the Google and the internet resources now. It's so in the early days, you would get a catalogue sent out in the mail. But now with the Google and the and internet and emails and stuff like that, which when I first started, there was none of that around. Yeah. Uh, it's all instant now. You can get new products like the same day they get released. Um, so internet's probably the biggest re, uh, resource, technology-wise yep. resource yep. That, that has helped our industry out, or me in, in general, I suppose. Did you find that like that transition from, I guess, analog to digital hard? Like, did you have trouble with computers? Or no, not really? I, we, my year 12, we had a, a ZX81 computer, which was a, you had to type the program in for the weekend and you could play Lunar Lander on the end of it. So yep. it took you three hours of typing. Yeah. You get one thing wrong, you got to read it all again. So I had computers and I had dial-up internet before anyone else did. I was into computers at, at that time. So it was probably, I just kept up with technology, so I got onto it okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, we had no computers at school. It was just a little black box with plugged into a TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, is there any like myths um, in your profession that you just want to debunk? Like, is there just something that you know people say? Oh, fitting tyres is takes like this long or something like that. Is there, is you, there something you, that you, you want do to get a bit of that? People think it's it, like it's a low skilled job. Um, and look, putting a tyre on probably isn't overly hard to do. But getting it balanced and you know what, it's the the brake works and the the talking lock, uh, nuts and stuff like that. So there's a fair bit involved. So I think everyone thinks that anyone can be a tie fitter. Yep. Um, which you could train anyone to do it, um, but it's the finesse of some of the other stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just heavy work. <laughs> I was going to say, is it, is it taxing on the body? <laughs> it can be, yeah. Like I've been doing it for 30, over 30 years now. So you do get, I mean, you get pretty good shoulders because you're doing it all the time. And But you're up and down. Everything's poorly designed. Everything's, you're leaning over a tie fit machine. So your lower back's always, so your yep. core strength's got to be there. Yep. So most tie fitters are reasonably fit sort of people because they're manual labour and it's all of that back-breaking position or kneeling down on a car. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but no, I still enjoy it and, uh, yeah. Okay, nice. All right, we'll get into the bulk of these questions now, man. So in your opinion, what shit just doesn't work? Participation awards. <laughs> yes, I'm... Okay, uh, I, 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 do, yeah. I do get... Small kids, because everyone wants to have a go, but people just don't know how to fail anymore. No. Like, it's... And no problem solving. Like, um, Lockie lost his license when he was 16, and he, that was his response. He was speeding and lost his license, so he had to take response, responsibility for that. But some people just get looked after too much, and, like, he rode his bike, and some kids get picked up and moved around. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think the next generation is not going to be able to... Like, hang on, that guy's driving a Ferrari and I've got a bloody Commodore. What's going with that? Yeah. Like, it's, there's always different, um, I'll say, financial situations or different. Some people are just good at some stuff and other people aren't. So yep. each, each excels in their own area. So I'm not down with participation, participation awards once you hit, say, seven up. Maybe the little kids, so they everyone has a go and they yep. work out where they want to do it. Yep. Um, yeah, it creates failure later on in life, I think, to me. 
I think it also, um, I 100% agree. I think you have to be taught how to lose as well because, you know, there are winners and there are losers in this world. And if you, you know, if you go like, I just finished watching um, the Bucks versus the Nets, the NBA, game seven. And like it's, Kevin Durant had a chance to win the game with three seconds to go, misses it. It's not like, a, oh, nice job, mate. Like, no one's going like, oh, you know, here's an award. Like, that's it. He, they lost. Um, and they deal with that. They, they, it's yep. not like a grieving process, but it's next time, let's, let's try again. Yep. There's it, always a winner and a, and, a, and a loser or a first and a second or whatever you want to say. So yep. it's just part of life. But. Yep. And it's, yeah, it's, it's not that they didn't try hard enough. It's just that they lost. Like, that's yeah. it. Yep. But, yeah, I, I fully agree. I, and I just, yeah, participate. I mean, like you said, I think it should go, yeah, to about... Yeah, six or seven to like introduce them to sport, introduce them to something. But then at the end of the day, the biggest thing I've learned is the world is a very brutal and unforgiving and cutthroat place. And the earlier you can introduce that, I'd say, you know, yep. this is how it actually is. The, you know, the sore losers and all that sort of stuff, I don't think they'd be there because they understand that that's a lot. Yeah, that's, you know it, what I mean? that's how it is. Yep. All right. Um, light bulb moment. Have you ever had a light bulb moment? And what I mean by that is, has things just made sense? Like, you saw something or something happened and you're just like, ah, now I get it? I had a, uh, when I, I took a loan out for a car when I was 17 mm-hmm. um, with mum as a guarantor. And I, and I distinctly remember that uh, mum had put money aside for us and I ended up paying my car loan. And for some reason from that, when I paid my car out, my first loan gone, after that I started saving money. So it was like something, something changed that said, don't, other that you were going... Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night to Ripples and you were getting drunk every night. Yep. You were, like you did all that. You didn't care about your bank. It was just live live life. Yep. But after I paid that loan out, I felt so good that I didn't have a debt Yep. until you get a house and you start again. But that I was just, for some reason, started saving money then. Like it was just a lot, Not I can't say it was life changing, but it was a attitude changing thing when I paid my car out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably it. It's it's probably not a major, a major one, but it was just a change at the time and I was... I probably grew up a little bit at that stage and realised that you've got to start saving money and not blow it every every week. But yeah, yeah. Do you have you? Um, I guess pass that on to your kids as well, or do they? Do they have a loan? Yeah, no. Lockie's got a loan, and he um, he's living at home, so he's uh, doesn't pay board, so he's got a pretty good lifestyle at the moment. So he, we just said now, look, pay three hundred bucks, and we he got a, an expensive car to start off with while he's at home to start his career uh, his car collection or whatever you want to call it yep so he pays 300 bucks a week off his car loan until it's done so he'll have that which was probably a five-year loan in two and a half years he'll have it done so yep which is probably your major one other than house a major debt that you have so if you can get that out of the way then um, and he's still saving because like i said he he lives for free (laughs) yeah that's i think that's super important as well i mean i do understand that um parents do want you know their kids to go out and explore the world but if you can give your kid a step up in life whether it be you know for a car or rent free or anything like that i think that's such a massive thing because then they can you know put that money into other things to help them i think and i i mean i had this conversation with my my mum the other day and she's like oh i bought my first house at a forty four thousand dollars and it was at 28 percent interest i'm like yeah but that's like think of 28 percent interest on forty four thousand compared to whatever it is now at like three hundred thousand. like it's it's not the same and like no. and inflation such a big thing so you know i think any I mean, are you, what have you seen it? Do you think the world's gotten more expensive the, the older you've got? I think uh, the, the generate like my parent, what I do think, my parents' generation who had the 18 to 20% interest rate, now that they've retired, get 1% on their their savings. Yep. 
So that generation did get shafted, I think. Yeah. Because and in, in, in ours, you know what, you can if you want to buy a car or buy something, you can just go down. You've, there's more disposable income now. It is expensive to live, mm-hmm. but the income is easier to get. Well, it's definitely in our city. And look, we don't make a ridiculous amount of money, but we're comfortable. We don't miss out on too much, but we still save what we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's easier now than what I can remember for my parents because they worked long hours all yep. the time. And, yep. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, I think... I think it's more expensive to live, but that's me just probably complaining. But anyway, <laughs> um, all right, next question. Ken Worms question. Do you think boys and girls are equal? I think they, they should be as far as in work places if they're uh, both capable of doing the same job. Uh, and I think there's definitely, like in our industry, there's, there's not too many women that do it because of the heavy lifting. But yep. not to say that there's probably some women that could lift more than what some of the boys are now. So I, I do honestly, honestly think that it should be equal. Mm-hmm. Uh, pay should be equal. You shouldn't, if you're a guy, get more money than a woman for doing the same job, mm-hmm. which I think is slowly getting fixed. Yep. Um, so equal in that way, but it, the, the jobs between uh, males and females in some ways, women are definitely better at, uh, in general, at coping with some situations that guys aren't. Yep. Um, but yeah, I would say equal in most most things other than physical Okay. Uh, attributes. Okay. Um, do you think that men and women are better suited to specific roles? Uh, some. Yeah, some are. Uh, obviously, the, the, this day and age, the difference between men and women and non-gender specific people, sometimes that, that gets crossed over. Yep. Um, we had the Red Bull Pump Track event a couple of weeks ago, and there was that's the first time I've seen there was a... Uh, probably say this wrong but there was a male that identified as a female racing in the females class yep on that event which is the first i've seen i see now there's a japanese uh, olympian that's now wants to was a man is now a female mm-hmm. that wants is qualified for the olympics wow so, as a as a as female a, as a female but and I, and I didn't look at the specifics whether they've had operations and yep. what's going on but yep. it was a male yeah it's now a female identifies as a female and is qualified for the olympics so I don't necessarily agree with that because I think if you've done your whole adolescence as a man and had testosterone and muscle growth, it's different, then you shouldn't necessarily be able to compete as a woman. But I guess the people that make those decisions work that out. Yeah, yeah. It's a controversial one always. 100%. Yeah, that's that's a tricky one. I don't really know. I mean, yeah, like you've said, you know, they've got that, they've got the bone density, they've got the muscle and all that sort of stuff. Especially, I mean, that being said, females do have stronger like they, their legs are stronger, you know, they've got that hip, that structure built better than a man, but still, a man's just so much more, I don't, PC, a person like that has so much more like muscle density and strength in that lower half anyway. Yep. I, I don't know if that is fair. No, I don't know if there's a test or a testosterone or a, I don't know how they work it out. I think there's a weightlifter in New Zealand that's done the same thing, was a male weightlifter that's now identifies as a female that's done the same thing so there was a bit of a story the other day that a New Zealand female is off the team because the male identifying as a female is now on the team for weightlifting Um, and they said straight away that this person said they didn't agree with it at all Um, which is tricky yeah I'm not sure when they stop it it's just a free for all for everyone maybe I don't know yeah I mean like okay so this um male that now identifies as a female, did they win the races? No, they got hosed by the 
women as well. So that didn't specifically do that. And I, and I honestly have no problem with, I think if, if that's what you feel and you want to be, then I have no problem if you're a man and you want to identify as a woman, Mm -hmm. then you, as long as you're happy, you go for your life. You're not hurting anyone, do what you want. The, The sport thing I don't agree with, you can do that if, let's say, if a woman that wanted to be uh, identified as a man was playing AFL and they got ran through by someone, the guys yeah. would think, oh, I can't. Yeah. It just yep. gets really confused. But they should have that choice if that's what they want to live their life as. But the sport thing is a tricky one. There'll be some rules or something will change. I don't, Sub- I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, and I just, again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not against it. I just think it's, they're just trying to complicate it and justify it. Like, yep. I mean, yeah, I don't, it's such a touchy subject. Like, Either way, if you if you're on for or against or you're neutral, you're going to say something that's going to ruffle some feathers. Oh, so. I think. Yep. But yeah, all right. I guess next question is: What benefits do you think you get from being a man? Uh, probably maybe just the strength side of things for what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The, the problem solving just doesn't definitely come in part. You just, I think you. I'm sure there's definitely plenty of females that would have grown up in those areas that have the same mechanical knowledge or in the industry that they do it's probably only physical things um it's definitely not a patience thing i'm not overly patient most time <laughs> but i'm sure that's just a personality thing not a male and female thing but yep yeah um yeah i know you, you have you seem to have to have a tougher skin when you're a, a bloke i suppose and not not show emotion as much which yep. i know is changing now and you try and change more but that tends to be the persona that you're supposed to have is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you're tough and nothing boys don't nothing gets to you pretty yep. much yeah yeah I guess okay, yeah. I I fully agree. I still think that that thing's still sitting around. Like boys, you know, boys don't have emotions, but it's they definitely do. And I've learned from this podcast that fucking earth they do. Yep. What negatives or bene- not benefits? What disadvantages do you get from being a male? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. If there's too many, to be honest. Um, no, you probably compare yourself to other guys. I'm sure that women do it as well. So it's probably just a same thing. It's just a human thing rather than a male and female thing. So mm-hmm. I don't think about too many um, disadvantages. Uh, yeah, none that I can think of anyway. Yep. I, did, I did think about that and I couldn't come up with anything yep. of what I That's thought. That's cool. Like Do you think um, that males and females think differently or similar or alike? Or um, I, I'll take this for example. The, the big example I like to do is, have you ever asked your wife, what do you want for tea? And they say, I don't know. And then, and then there's just like this, not argument, but it's like, are you decisive when it comes to things like that? Uh, I, I probably would commit more than what my wife does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's normally, I have to think about it all the time. Yep. Why don't you think of something? So yep. we, we do um, equal cooking as well. I, I, okay. like, I like cooking, so I, cool, cool. I do, and I'll just go to Coles and shop, and I'll just go, oh, we'll have that on that night and that on that night. Yep. Whereas Catherine, um, my wife, probably is like, oh, I don't know if they have that. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, Lauren being a vegetarian. Oh, yeah. You now it's tricky. We well. don't know. She hasn't, we've tried everything, and now it's like chips and vegetables. <laughs> and, but we've bought every vegetarian thing known to man, and, it, it, and I've eaten it. It's bloody horrible, to be honest. It just tastes like mm. rubbery the fake food and yeah. so yep. we don't and I've eaten it just for the sake of seeing what it was like and I'm like no nah, I wouldn't eat that either to be honest so, yeah yeah um, a lot of chips and potato cakes and so being a vegan for her is just not eating meat so we try and get her as much nutrition as we can but pretty much she could eat a bread roll and a I don't know what she eats the water like walk around with half a watermelon at times just eating watermelon yeah so, 
it's that's definitely a, a learning curve for us, and we just don't know what to cook, to be honest. Is that hard to like? Wait, like, what was there something that ticked off her turning into a vegetarian vegan, or uh, like did she I, watch well, something? Or she was with uh, her um, ex boyfriend was with, and he was that way, so she was that way. Ah, okay. He's now not not around, and we thought maybe that she'll go back. And she has a couple of times had like chicken nuggets, or mm-hmm. she said today she had a cheeseburger at Macca's and. Uh, and didn't like it. She works at McDonald's, and mm-hmm. she said you didn't like it. So I said, well, it's probably not the ideal thing to have for your first meat meal. Yeah. And we've tried your natural-born grills. We'll get you this burger. She likes those. But she has burger with beetroot and chips instead of meat. So puts chips okay. in the middle. And so still has the burger, but just doesn't have the meat. Yep, yep. Yeah, that would be – yeah. Because I, I was vegetarian, funnily enough, when I went to uni, and literally, yeah, my diet was just like – nachos and like bread like and like now looking at my man that's that's not the way you've got to get that nutrients in so is it tricky like as a parent to 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 cater for that as well yeah it is just getting uh her to commit to what she wants to eat was the tricky part so um even noodles and stuff she has a lot of noodles but yeah it it is bloody hard because we have three meals um sometimes four because Lockie's girlfriend's around four Mm -hmm. meals that are normal and then Lauren's vegetarian, which she might have pumpkin and peas and corn and carrot and stuff like that. So and noodles is probably the one that she has most of the time. She really gets sick of that. But, yeah, that, that's that's super interesting. And I never even thought about having to, you know, you've got to do your own stuff, and then you've got to, as the you know the parents, you've got to you know supply for your kids as well. And like especially if you've come home from a day of work and you're just like absolutely stuffed, and it's like you know you get home, there's yours, and then you're like shit, I've got to make another <laughs> yeah. one. Here's a bread roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Um, what do you think most people are doing wrong day to day? So what do you think people are just fucking up or just, you know? Uh, man, people are in such a hurry. Uh, always. And I, and I see it a lot in retail. Like if uh, in what we do, if let's say if tires and that take an hour, if it's not ready in like an hour, it's like, oh, man. Like, yeah, hurry, up, hurry, hurry up, hurry up. Yep. Uh, and then in the end... Life in general, you've got to just back it off and enjoy it a bit. You can't just rush. Like, everything's flat out. Like, in Mount Gambit, let's face it, Mount Gambit, within three minutes, you can be from one side to the other. 100%. But there's people at the lights going like, what's going on, mate? You're yep. blocking me off. I've, I've got to get here. And, like, you see traffic and beeping horns. It's like, come on, mate. Yeah. You go to yeah. the city, stay in the city for a, a week and see how long it takes you to get from one end of the city to the other. There's no reason anyone in Mount Gambit should be aggressive about getting slowed down because it's just not big enough to do it. Um, so people just seem to be in such a hurry. That's uh, such a good point. I was actually li- reading this thing the other day. It's like, why do you get angry? And the main reason is because someone's blocking your goal. And so, you know, I guess, you know, if they're pissed off at the, the lights or whatever and they want to get there as quick as possible, it's it's because someone's blocking their goal, but they're just on the road anyway. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, yeah. So what? how do you think that should change? Do you think people should just, you know, take in their surroundings? Just, or? Yeah, just chill. <laughs> just chill a bit. Um Hey, look, I can't say over me. You know, you're going to Adelaide and you're sitting on the guy that's in the overtaking lane. You're doing 101 and he's yep. doing 98. Yeah. And you're like in the overtaking lane. Then you go past him and he's doing like 102 because oh. you can't go past. And you're like, man, I've got fucking three yeah. minutes, man. I could be fucking Adelaide. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I can't say I haven't been there before. But then you get there and it's like he's literally 50 metres behind you. It's like, yeah. why don't I bother being in such a hurry? I just cruise up there. It doesn't make life-changing differences, but... Mm, okay, and what do you think people are overlooking? So what do you think they're not doing enough of? Uh, I'd say f- for me, and it's only been really become because obviously my kids now are 21 and 16 that, you know what, you work your life really when you have 
kids to me is you work, you have kids, you do as much where you did BMX and basketball and dancing and music and you do all that. But before you know it, they're 21. And this is said, a million people will say this, that, man, I lost that time. It's just gone. So you don't spend enough time enjoying your your family um, or the or the time with them possibly. That's that's to me in particular that although we spend a lot of time with kids, now that Lockie's 21 and soon enough he'll be doing his own thing and um, so I think people just need to the same thing. It goes back to the slow down thing. Just slow slow your life down a bit and enjoy what's going. Don't be, you know, it's at work. It's like, you know, it's can't wait till 5 yeah, o'clock and all of a sudden yeah. you come back the next morning at 8 o'clock and I can't wait till it's 5 o'clock so your day just goes. <laughs> Is there anyone you look up to? Uh, I have a few. Um, look, also my, my dad was a hard worker, so I, I do look up to him and he probably taught me the work ethic I had. He was always helping people and um, probably overworked when he was um, in, in that part of his life. He's retired a few years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an uncle that um, passed away. He was a ultra marathon runner. Wow, um, okay. So he used to run. He ran the... Uh, I can't remember the name, but it's across the desert. It's the hardest marathon in the world. So he ran that marathon and and, um, passed away not long after that. He had um, cancer, prostate cancer. Oh, jeez. But super fit. Like, he wouldn't pick it. Like, would run. When he came here, he always had a a pair of shoes with him wherever he went. He always had shoes. He'd come stay. He lived in uh, the other side of Victoria. So when he came and saw my mother here, he'd always have a pair of shoes at the back door. And in the morning, he'd get up and he'd be running somewhere. That's just what he did. Did triathlons and you name it. Uh, so he was, um, not that I saw him a lot, but I did look up to him because I knew how hard it was to do that sort of stuff mm. and to be committed. So every day he would run rain, hail or shine. He'd just be out on the, out on the road. And that's what, that was his thing. He was, I won't say Forrest Gump, like a Forrest Gumpy type thing. Cause he yeah. was, a, um, he was a, a, a single guy and just, that's what he did. He just, just liked ran. to run, just like, just like running and. Wow, and had some crazy good times. He was in like as far as running times. I, I'm not a marathon. I ride bikes, not um, not run. So, but he had some really quick marathon times. Did the Belmont Marathon, the Sydney, the London, the New York. The did everything. We travelled the world, did all these marathons. But um, yeah, and then after he ran that marathon, like not a huge amount after, he got crook from this cancer, and it and oh, it ended up man. killing him. So, um, so you sort of think to yourself, you know what? People don't know what uh you're not aware of your body and probably didn't know that until it's sometimes it's too late for some people and it just um it just gets hold of you and it's a tricky thing you like to think you wouldn't know that was going on but some people just don't it's too late or they've got that niggling pain and um yeah it's just before you know it you can't there's no cure for some of that stuff and it's, it's just spread too far and um it's a common story do you if you don't mind me asking how do you remember i mean ballpark figure how many months after completing the ultra did he did he i'll say he, he fought it really hard for i'll say a year and a half um before he was really bedridden and i'll probably get that time wrong my my mum moved over and he, my mum has one of ten uh has two more sisters and they moved in with him to look after him for the time he was over there mm-hmm. and i wasn't um i think i was in my maybe in mid mid 20s when it happened i'm not really good with the dates and this stuff so and i know he fought it for a long time i would have fought it hard but in the end just got too much and um and shut him down so but yeah ultra fit to that in a in a really short amount of time man that that'd suck that would just be shit to see someone you know like so fit and then within a year it's 
not that yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, we'll just get told you. Um, all right, man. I guess I'm staying on the same sort of note, um, tell me about your biggest setback in life. Uh, mine's similar path. So, um, let's see, I'll get emotional about this. But <laughs> so, in about 2013, I had um, testicular cancer. And um, they removed one, which, to be honest, at the time, I'm not sure why I'm getting so emotional about it, uh, they removed a testicle. And I, you know what, I thought, oh, I'll just deal with it, just get on with it, and didn't worry about it too much. I was just went to Adelaide Hospital. They gave me a 99% chance of being recovered from that. And I just mm-hmm. lost a nut, pretty much, Yeah, which wasn't a big deal for me. I just thought, I'll just, to be honest, I was pretty blasé about it. I was upset when I found out, but it was like, oh, I'll just deal with it. And 85% of people who get early diagnosis um, get covered from that, so... And the way I found it is, and I say this to everybody, when, when I sat down once, I just sat a bit wrong and, and I felt a really sharp pain in my nut. I didn't feel anything, it just one of my nuts was sore. Okay. And I was sort of, and I was, um, Jason Allen from Lifestyle One said to me, when he turned uh, 40, he, got, he was getting a medical. So, and, I, and I still say, and I've told this before, I went to the doctor to get a medical and I was just about to walk out because you don't want to play with your nuts. And, mm. I, and I walked out, I was about to walk in, I said, fuck it, I'll just do it. So I said, doctor, look, one of my nuts is sore. Mm-hmm. So he went out and he squeezed it and it was like super sore. Like, yep. I don't know how to describe it, but so then I, within a month, um, I was up in Adelaide Whoa. getting it removed. So it was like straight away. They, they were super fast because it was had a, um, a tumor of some sort. So I went up to Adelaide uh, in the dodgiest Adelaide hospital. I had to get off the actual table and climb onto the, it looked like a meat. It looked like a, the butcher's meat table. It was like the old old, because it was a little while ago. I can't remember what was the, whatever it was, Royal Adelaide or... And uh, recover from that. Had a they cut you open, they take one out, and they stitch you back up, and mm-hmm. off you go. You have a recovery, and the test, the scans were good, and they say, "Oh, look, just get on. Um, you come back for a scan every three months." So when you've had cancer, what they do is every three months they give you a blood test, a full body scan, and a um, with dye, like a CT scan. Yep. So do that for three months, and that went on for. I reckon three years. I was up to my yearly because eventually you get to yearly checkups. And I was at my last one and I went to my oncologist in Mount Gambia and she said, everything's good. Your bloods are good. And the last thing was, but um, I've got a, had a tumour on my kidney, like the size of a grapefruit. But didn't, I honestly did not know at all. Holy fuck. I had no idea at all. Like it didn't feel any different. I couldn't feel it. And she said, what happens is normally people, they have this lump in their body. And... Um, that's how they find it. It's just this random lump. So, you, and as I said before, like you, you think that you know this shit's happening inside of you, but you really don't. Like I was racing BMX, I was racing mountain bikes, I was playing uh, volleyball, I was doing everything, Whoa. everything you do, going to the gym, and so I had no idea. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, fucking hell, I was like, because I got to three years and I started to get pretty complacent. Then I'm like, oh, I'm over it. I'll just keep going with life. Yeah. So then I've got to go back again, and they do a um, a, a biopsy on this thing, and it's it was called a sarcoma. So once again, you Google what sarcoma means. Seventy-five percent of people don't make it. Don't make <laughs> so it. this is what is it? So I don't know why you, you just do not Google that shit. But of course, you're inquisitive, so you want to. I mean, I'm thinking, well, that's fucked. <laughs> so, but still, I was not. Um, when it's not always the same, but when you're a, a person to me with um, cancer or some sort of illness, that it's quite easy for you to deal with it. But it's your mother and father yep. and sister and wife and kids and they get the shit into the deal because they probably worry more about what's happening to you than you just go to the doctors and um, you get. So they gave me radiation for um, in Adelaide. I was up in Adelaide for um, four months getting radiation. 
and then they pretty much cut me from chest to um, pubic bone and opened me up and took this tumour out and uh, sewed me back together and said, right, and then we're going to do, um, we'll, we'll see what it is. And it was this sarcoma, which is a same thing. It's a weird thing. It's worth Googling just to see what the hell it is. It's okay, like a okay. teeth and skin. It's like it's real weird, horrible looking thing that's supposed to grow inside you. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so then you do that and then you go back and same thing. I was back to my yearly one and then it come back. I think it was two. My wife knows the dates better because I'm a shocker for that. But then I was up to the same thing. I was getting back out, did longer scans, and then I found out I had this lump in my neck. My After that, I'm like, God, yep. I'm like, that lump's not normal. I just said it wasn't sore, but your lymph nodes are all around here. Yep. And I said to my oncologist a couple times, that lump's just not, it's not normally there. It's just a, an unusual thing. So anyway, they took that out and it worked out that it was um, this terror. No, the, sorry, the, the middle one was a teratoma, but the last one's a sarcoma. Okay. I had three different. Each time they say you're so unique, it's just pretty, pretty special because you've got all these cancers. Um, and you think, oh, I don't really, I really feel really special, but so be it. Um, so then they've, I've had one behind my heart, which originally they said they couldn't, uh, you can't operate behind your heart because you can't just take your heart out yep. to fix this thing. So yep. that's not a good outcome. And they were talking about cutting your chest open to get in, which I was absolutely shitting myself about that I'm going to have this open heart surgery. Yeah. Out of everything I had, I was just so paranoid. And when he said, oh, we can go in through your ribs, I was like, fuck, you just gave me the best present ever because I thought, I just oh, was yeah. shitting myself about having an ch- open chest operation uh so then you have chemo so you have four months of chemo so one week intense for four months each once a month um same thing it didn't really bother me a lot i lost my hair i didn't really tell too many people and i wasn't that i didn't want them to know but a lot of people just don't know what to say like you yeah, said like, like oh fuck i don't know what do like, I say? that's uh, the c word like no it's not like <laughs> the other c word but like cancer is such a like that's in you've and so you've had three yeah, I just, it just keeps coming back, which is like to the last one when they told me, it's like, oh, this is fucking, I'm like, when they cut me open, fucking I can hell. honestly say when I woke up from that operation and I went and got on the table, I was not stressed about anything. When I woke up for about 10 seconds, my, my brain, and not that I wanted to hurt myself, but I thought it would be easier to be dead right now. And I honestly, I distinctly remember my head, I, I didn't want to die, but my brain said to me, I've had enough. Like, I don't want to do this. Because you're in intensive care and you cannot move. You've got a tube down your Death thing. You can't yeah, swallow. Yeah. Oh my God. You just feel like someone's just beating the hell out of you. And um, so that was tough. I got over it, like, within a couple of things. I got out of hospital within a week and I was back and not doing much. You can't even tie your shoes because you're pretty much stitched up from, stapled from one end to the other. Yeah. Uh, and then when it come back and I was getting chemo... And the third time, I'm like, this is fucked. I'm, I'm seriously like, what the fuck have I done? I don't smoke. I drink. When I was younger, I drank three days a week. Not not heavily. I probably had six drinks and I was drunk anyway. Yeah. Um, and I eat reasonably good food most of the time. I don't eat shit food. Mm-hmm. So why the fuck am I getting it? Like, how does that work? Like, I, I felt ripped the last time. It's like, I've had enough. Um, so when... Um, once you've had cancer, you get scans like every three months. Yeah. And when you go for that scan, you shit yourself because you don't know what the outcome's going to oh, be. Man. So you cannot, um, sounds like a real injury, but you can't uh, sleep. That's all you think about. Like you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, you think, fuck with a scan, I hope it's going to be all right. I can't just don't do that again. I can't do this. And, um, and you have probably a lot of empathy for people that have, I'm quite openly talk to people about it because I don't want that, they feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I had one customer when I lost my hair and I was a bit of a wanker about it. He said to me, I don't like your haircut because I had no hair. And I said, chemo, I'll do that to you. 
So I know I was being a complete dick, yeah. but I'm thought, and he's also been that way before. I thought, fuck you, mate. Hey, like, yeah. like, I've had enough. So I, and I did, I felt bad after saying, because he felt really bad, and I didn't necessarily, I'm not that type of person to make people feel that way. Yeah. But you know what? I just had enough. Like, and, you, and when you, your hair doesn't fall out, but you can just pull it out. Like, you pull out a clump of hair. It just, so your whole, it's like you've had a full body wax. It's awesome for showers, like no hair. If you ever want to try it, shave your head. It's the best shower experience okay, ever. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, but not highly recommended to get chemo to get oh it done. Oh, my but, God. But the chemo's not hard. You just sit there in a room, watch TV. I slept with a needle in your arm. So at the end of it, you've got no veins left because that kills your veins. So you've got needle. I had one time I had three needles trying to find veins um, in your body, but you just sit in a room. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, so it's – and I like talking to people about it if they've got it, like to, just to reassure them, like, Look, it's not the worst thing in the world. If you're having chemo, don't don't be worried about it. You, you've you've got to have it to help you get better. Don't think I'm not having it because I won't feel shit. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it does, and and you appreciate. I can't say you appreciate life anymore, but you know what? People's problems that, like I said, these cars that are ten minutes late. It's like you know what? It's not the fucking biggest problem in the world. I just and and I same thing. I don't say anything to them, and you don't. But you think, man, you've obviously had no shit experiences, but. But it's no different, um, you know, like I was speaking to Matt, Matt and Michaela. Mm. Like, that experience for him in his life was no different. Not no different, but it, that was a major impact on his life and, and everyone around it. So it's everyone has their own experiences that are, are fucked up. Yeah. Um, or people going blind or deaf or, like, it, it affects everyone equally. So mm. cancer is just that taboo that no one wants to talk about. Man, I don't even know what to say. Like... Can I ask some questions? Is that all yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What is it like? It's okay. So you've, you've been told you've got cancer. What's like, how do you feel? Uh, like I said, the first time I was like testicular cancer, because the, the success rate on that is really high. Yep. So I, straight away, I'm like, oh, no, people get over that. So I, I honestly, probably a little bit upset, but more upset because my wife, Catherine, was more upset mm-hmm. than I was. And I'm like, I'll just get over it. Like, just get it <laughs> cut it out and throw yep. it away and I'll go again. The second time I was a little bit more disappointed that I was just about to do a gravity in, um, over at Forest to have a mountain bike race. Okay. And I had a biopsy like two days before. Yeah. So I was booked in to have this gravity, this 100k push bike race. Yeah. And then they, because I had a biopsy, I couldn't do it. And I was, so I didn't really know. I didn't think much of it. And then all of a sudden it comes back as this teratoma it's called actually. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden I've got it chemo and I've seen this specialist up in Adelaide within pretty much a week. It was Christmassy time. So I reckon it was like oh, December and it was just after Christmas. I was literally in a month. They get you straight up and try and give this um, radiotherapy. And so I think the radiotherapy didn't hurt me at all because it's internal. They just, it's like having an x-ray. You feel shit, like you're very tired and you don't want to eat at all. Yeah. But it doesn't hurt. Uh, breast cancer and throat and stuff is different because it's so close to the surface you get sunburn. Um, but that, you ever want an eye-opening experience, um, when you have cancer, you have a PET scan, which means you get radioactive dye and they put you through this really slow machine that has all your cell activity and the radioactive glucose highlights where the cancer is. Yeah. So you see a body image of your of your body that's sort of live. So you know where um, I had cancer in my neck and my heart and there's like five different spots I had it. Um, but in that room before me, there was a probably a six-month-old baby. I was oh, doing the same thing. Fucking hell. Um, and then when I was having chemo in Adelaide, because the first one sort of does screw you up pretty well, I sat next to a guy from Mount Gambia that he, in three months, he'd had one bite of a ham sandwich. Uh, and that's all he'd eaten. So, you know, your, your situation's not fantastic, 
But old mate that had a, one bite of a fucking sandwich in three months, his his has fucked up. Or the baby that has no idea what's going on, hasn't had any life experience. So there's always, I don't know, someone more fucked up than you are. <laughs> so, but you feel sorry for those people. Um, you don't ever feel. I don't. I never felt sorry for myself. I was more, man, that person there. But the radiotherapy room, um, they have waiting three of them in Adelaide with about six people in the waiting room, and they go eight or nine hours a day. Takes about half an hour to get it done, and they are. So there's just bang, people bang, bang. like, wow, yeah, constant there. So it's ma- like, I don't know. I say it's big business, but there's so many people, and the chemotherapy wards have got like eight rooms, all between three, six, probably twelve, and they're full all the time. Jesus. So Christ. there's so many sick people that you just don't see. You're pretty spoiled. Or, I mean, everyone probably knows someone who's had cancer or has passed away, or um, yeah. So you. Back to what I was saying before, you, you tend to talk to people about it to make sure they don't get too stressed about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. if, if you're going through it, I don't mind talking to people. I don't want to openly say that I've had cancer to everybody and feel sorry for me because I don't, I don't really feel that way. And I'm back to doing what I normally do now and getting the scans every three months. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's just, I don't know, it's one of those things. One in, one in X amount. Once someone's got to be the one, I suppose, that works. Far out. I guess, I guess the other thing I want to know is like, so after having chemo or, or radiotherapy, how does your body feel? Like, are you just Tired. wrecked? Yep. You just, um, you can't eat. So I went from, I'm normally nearly always 95 kilos. I can eat what I want, exercise what I want. I'm always 95. I went to 115 kilos on chemo because they give you so much fluid. So you're like a balloon down to 83 kilos. Whoa. So that was in a, probably a three month period, uh, four months I had chemo for, I was so much so it's a kilo a week. Yeah, and I was up and back, and I was when I got on the thing because you, you've got they give you so much fluid because the chemotherapy drugs kill your fingers. So I have numb, I can't feel my feet half the time because it kills your nerve endings. So there's always when you have a chemo sheet, yeah, every every side effects tech. It's quite it's sort of, it's funny, but it's not funny. Every side effect that you get is ticked on that box, and you just sign the bottom saying, "Well, I know it's going to fuck me up." So you just sign it because you, I mean you don't know what else to do. So some people are lucky. Like I, have, your teeth get really sensitive, so I can't eat cold stuff very much now because my teeth get really sore. Yeah. Because it just kills. It's really a poison that kills you. Um, my memory is not as good as what it was, which is another side effect. Because I blame that I'm nearly fifty, so that might be part of that. Um, but you get tingly fingertips, so like, which is weird. If I stub my toe, I can feel it, but yeah. I can't feel my my feet feel like they're asleep all the time. So I can't run. Like I was playing volleyball and. I just started that and doing all that, and I can't run anymore. I can ride my bike. Yeah. I've got an e-bike now. I use that as an excuse. I have cancer to get an e-bike, so that's all right. <laughs> but I can do all that, but I just can't run. It feels weird. You just can't feel your feet. So you end up rolling your ankle all the time. And, Holy shit. Um, and that's not everybody. If it doesn't come back in the first three months, apparently you've got it for life. And it's been probably a year and a half my chemo now, I think. Uh, what yeah, I think it's probably a year and a half since chemo. So... That's the probably out of all the things I had done. That's the most annoying thing. It's not not that I ran because I don't like it, so I bought, ride a bike. But I can't even if I wanted to. I couldn't do it because my feet. I just end up rolling ankles or or tripping over or far out. Um, so it's a weird thing. There's a lot of shitty things that chemo does to you. But if you don't have it, then you're fucked. Yeah, it's, like, fuck, fuck. I'm hoping it just works. But I mean, there's people say CBD oil and stuff like that. There's so many studies mm. out there and. Um, Look, I tried that. I'm not. I don't take drugs, but I tried some CBD oil that had the CBD in it, mm. and uh, I didn't like the feeling because I was just like full spaced out. I actually crawled out of my bed to the. <laughs> you're supposed to have one tab. I had two. I'm not sure why I had two, but I was. I could not even walk or even crawling was like the most fucked up experience ever. <laughs> so I just crawled into the bathroom and thought, I'm not doing that again because it was just. And 
don't know, an out of body. So I don't know, not even out of body. I was just too fucked up to do anything. It was a weird experience. So I don't recommend taking two of those tablets. But uh, I just can't believe, like, not that you're so blasé about it, but you know, you just accept it. I don't think as much you, you can you can't do. Like, I feel more sorry for my wife and kids, uh, and my mum and sisters and, and and dad probably more so, because they're the ones that are helpless at it. Whereas you just you know what you just deal with it. You do, and I think. I guess other people feel the same way. I'm, I openly, like I said, I talk about people about it because I don't want to hide it, but I don't want to go out and say, look, I've had cancer, feel sorry for me. Okay, so just to sum it all up, there's like, the last question I've got to do with like the cancer stuff is, when were you the most scared? Um, I had a PET scan only about two months, uh, probably six weeks ago in Adelaide. So after there's a new oncologist, she said, go get a PET scan. So I went to Adelaide and then on the way back, the nurse rang me and said, have you got stomach pains? And I said, uh, no. And she goes, oh, okay, make sure if you get stomach pains and you go to emergency and I'm, or go see a doctor, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and I didn't ask. I should have yeah, said, yeah. what the fuck does that mean? So instantly in my head I thought, they found something on that PET scan. It's yep. come back and I've got to go the whole thing again. So straight away, um, and Catherine could see because I had it on speakerphone and I, start, I, I had to tear my eyes and I'm like, I really can't do it again. And... Um, and I did shit myself for probably a week until I could get into the doctor to get it. And they said, no, actually, I'll tell you that. I rang the cancer council about the Wednesday of the week after that. And she said, oh, no, it's nothing to worry about. So it worked out. I have this thing called diverticulitis, which is a, um, it's like a bowel thing that makes you get stomach pains. It's, I don't know. Like, so you can fix that anyway. It wasn't even a cancer thing. Okay, so it okay. wasn't so bad. Wow. I guess it's that unknown, isn't it then? like 100%. Fuck. Yeah. And that's when you have the scans that you're so worried that they're going to they're going to say to you, "We need if we found something, or we we do this." Um, that's that's the most stressful waiting part is finding out the results of those oh, those man. tests. But far out. That's man. I that's yeah. I don't even know what to say. Like the fact that you've gone through it that many times, and again, I had like no idea. No, and that's not, like I said, I'm not a, and Catherine says, oh, you're going to have sympathy from people. I don't, I always said, I don't give sympathy and I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> but I do now, like I feel, sorry, I'm probably the worst with my wife, actually. I, sh- I seriously should give her more sympathy than what I do. But people have had cancer. I know what they're going through. So I tend to tell them stuff like, I've done that. It's not that bad. Just so it puts them a little bit at ease. Yeah. Hopefully it does. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's pick it up a bit. Is What excites you? Um... Probably the, like the, the kid, like he plays basketball I like, and I like watching him play basketball when he's playing well and um, uh, I'm out and bike ride for excitement so that's my thing. I, I ride all the time and mm-hmm. um, I don't know, Geelong winning by a point, that excites me <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, happy family would be the number one that would make, yep. I guess, exciting or happy. If As long as the kids are happy and, and Catherine's happy, then that's, that's enough for me in the end. Yep. Um, nice. Yeah. Nice. Does he play for the Pioneers? No, no. Like, he just uh, plays for the um, A Reserve. And oh, okay. He for, for Bruce, yeah. Okay, because I swear there was a Lockie that used to play for the Pioneers, but I thought that was just related. But anyway, okay. I mean, I get, you've answered this question already, but there might be some other things. What keeps you up at night? Um, probably, like, occasionally, you, you do randomly think about it. For some reason, I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and think about stupid things. but um, <laughs> And you do think about the cancer thing is always in your head. And do I worry about always coming back? No, I don't, but it, it is there. But I probably worry about Lauren, and I said before, Lauren at the moment, 
had a bit of a challenge at going to school or not. I'm more concerned about what she's at and yep. that your kids are happy and that. And to be honest, that's all you want. And um, that if because if Lauren's happy, then Catherine's happy, then we're all happy. And, and you can't fix everything. You try to, but it's just not possible to do mm, that. Mm. Um, and like I said to, to to Lauren at times, I mean, parents don't have the answers. All of them like no. learn on the go. You'd like there's no no book and. As much as that makes you sound really old, you just don't. You've got to experience and go through these challenges and work as best you can. And, yeah, yeah. Um, hope they get through it, through what they've got to do. And, yeah, so that's probably probably family sometimes, yeah. Does she have a good group of friends? Yeah, pretty tight with one in particular. They went from um, pretty much reception right through and still goes to school with her now. Yeah. Um, and she works at Maccas on weekends and... So, yeah, one, one in particular, they're pretty, pretty tight and I think they tell each other anything. They're always catching up and... Doing stuff like that, and, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. That's. I mean, high school's brutal. I think for both girls and boys. But I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, I've never met your daughter, but I think there's like a, a burden performance that you know, girls are just inherently better at school. I feel, um, and boys, you know, like like you've shown, and like it just it doesn't really matter. No, no. But, yeah, hopefully she gets a head head right for that. But yeah. yeah. So was she in year eleven, you said? Year eleven. Yeah. And she was getting straight A's, like A's and, and I think a couple of B's right through and then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, it's too hard, I I don't want to be here anymore, sort yep. of thing. So um yeah. That sucks. All right, do you read? Not very often. Uh I would YouTube <laughs> before <laughs> I would read. Okay. Um so uh, I ha- I did read recently because I I did the Selix Beach motorcycle races. They have like classic classic bikes on the beach, and, and I was having Carby trouble. So I actually did read the nineteen uh, fifties Triumph Carby oh, manual. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, a good read. That one, <laughs> <laughs> which they're pretty basic thing. It really has air and fuel on out the other side, so it's not a hard thing to read at yep, all. Yeah, So I read like about four pages, but I would honestly I would YouTube before I would read. Okay, okay, yep. that's that's fair. Um, is there anything you generally just don't understand? Um, people in general sometimes, to be honest. That's yeah. probably the confusing thing about uh, just different personalities. Um, no, I, I think I have a reasonable grasp on most most life things, or I don't know, at work I definitely do and, mm-hmm, and what mm-hmm. I do, but some things, people's emotions that are hard to keep track of sometimes. Do you like... Do you, do you really, does it phase you that you don't understand people? Or you just like brush it off or do you just, you know, that's just people sort of thing. Like we're yeah, all human. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. I think, you, and I've said before, like why people get stressed about having to sometimes things aren't done on exactly on time. It's such a big stress for some people. Some people go, oh, I'll come back in half an hour. But the next guy goes, man, I'm fucking late. Yeah. Yep. He'll argue for 20 minutes about, about that or he or she. And um, sometimes it frustrates you, but. No, it does, probably doesn't bother me a lot. I'd like to for everyone just to get along and be happy. And <laughs> wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all? All right, I've got this last heavier question. What has been your biggest loss in life? Um, look, I've I've been pretty lucky. Uh, probably my my uncle Ross, that was the ultra marathon runner. Yep. But my my family in general has been pretty lucky. I lost my mum's grandparents uh, when I was little, so that I probably didn't. And they were living 500 k's away, so I didn't see them a lot. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Mum was upset, and and I was too small to probably ever affect me too much. And my grand, my dad's grandparents lived in their 90s, so I haven't had a lot of um, grieving losses, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So I've sort of got away with it too much. Um, the loss of feeling my feet, to be honest, is probably the one that yeah. that affects me the most. Yep. Out of everything that I do, and 
Um, but you, you just adapt and move on with it. It's just part of how it is. And so when you lost the feeling in your feet, was that the first time or did that happen like a second time? After was it? that was so, that was the third time after the chemo. Okay. So the chemo wrecked that, which was, um, I'll say a year and a half ago, I reckon that's what probably, probably might have been two, but um, that was the thing that sucked the most and that, that sort of affected my day-to-day to, day to stuff I was doing. Before that, I could just, you were crook for four months and then you just got on with what you were doing before. Um, but yeah, other than that. Was it like a, sorry, I'm just, it's so interesting, not interesting, but just I've never, you know, talked about this before. Is it like a general wean of loss of feeling or is it just like a, you don't feel it? You start to get, um, like it feels like your pins and needles. Like, and now if I, like my fingertips was that, I'm glad my fingertips come back because I lost all f- from probably that middle knuckle up. You lose all your thing. And I thought that that would actually affect me more than my feet because you just can't pick stuff up or you yep. can't feel it. Yep. So they, they actually come back pretty well. Um, and my, so the feet, although you you probably walk a bit funny or you run a bit funny because you sort of got to physically look at your feet to know where they are. Yeah. So for a while you just roll your ankle all the time because you just don't, or you step on things that you can't feel. Oh, but like man. I said, it's, it's fucked up because you could drop something or, or stub your toe yeah. and you feel the pain, but you can't feel it. It's like you're, you've slept on your foot and it's gone to sleep. So it's, it's a weird sensation. Um, but it doesn't, like I can still work and walk and you get sore feet by the end of the day, but it's not excruciating pain. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. It's like you just, it's like constant pins and needles, I suppose. But. Is it from, I'm still going, is it from like the ankle down or is it like from just it, the toes? It feels like it? from there, so from just at your midfoot. Midfoot, yeah. Yeah, and just, um, if you get really, really cold feet, if you've ever stood on a wet paddock or wet grass and your feet get wet and cold, yeah. that's what it feels like. Okay. So you know you've got feet and you know you've got toes. And you and you know you, you, I can still move them, but you just can't feel what they're doing. It's a it's a weird oh. thing to explain. It's a really weird thing to explain. And why that why they get painful when you stub them, I don't know. Because it's like the yeah, how the hell it just comes back for that. Yeah, that's right. Just hit a, sort of thing. Just to screw one yeah, more time. Just we'll just... <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's super interesting. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, what's an unpopular opinion that you have? Uh, I'd say the gender thing. There's so much when you can be gender neutral or a male wants to be female or female wants to be male. I honestly don't ever have an issue with that. And some people do um, think that if you're a man, you're a man or you're a boy, you're a boy forever. Mm-hmm. But if you're not meant to be that way, you don't feel that way, then go for your life. Just, yep. But some people just aren't down with that. And, and now it's so much more accepted now. Uh, it's it's like being, like if, if you were a um, homosexual at school, mm. then man, you wouldn't would never bring it up. Because no. you would be shamed or probably beat up Bullied at school. To fucking shit, yeah. Um, and look to and much as I'd like to say I would have stood up and said no, I probably wouldn't have. Like you just would have oh, no. walked away and said, Oh well that's that's what you are, mate. But, yeah, yeah. But you do nowadays see it more and as long as people are happy doing what they're doing, it doesn't affect my life and mm-hmm. would I be comfortable seeing two guys kissing next to me? Probably not. But yep. does it affect It doesn't my affect life your life? No. no, it doesn't. So good luck no. if they're happy, go for your life. Oh, okay, this is a hypothetical I've just thought of this right now. So say if a, a boy's turned into a girl and then there's a girl and they fight, like there's a punch thrown like from the boy that's turned into the girl, would you think that's fair? It's a tricky one, isn't it? It's like the boys and girls' toilets. Yeah. I think that came up at one of the um, Christian schools in town recently that there was a boy that was identifying as a girl that went into the girls' toilets because he couldn't go to the boys' toilets. Or vice versa. There was a massive big thing about it at the time. I remember my kids went to Melaleuca and Grant High, but yep. it was one of the saint schools. Yeah. 
and I think there was an issue because this fella was identified as a girl and wanted to go there. So, hey, look, I guess oh. if he wants to be a girl and the girl was picking on him and vice versa, then so be it. It's we'll all be neutral genders in ten years' time and just doing our thing. And <laughs> that's so. Do, do you reckon they just make a unisex toilet then? Well, I think it'll have to be. It'll be a no. You won't even put the no symbols. The, the, dress, the, the dress and the pants on the toilet. Yep, it'll just yep. be go for your life and. And then it probably doesn't affect the girls as much as the boys because they're all in cubicles, whereas the boys are in a urinal. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll just have all cubicles and go for your life. Does it really matter? Probably not. But wow, some uh, yeah, there'll be some shit going down the next. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say ten years. There's gonna be big changes. Yeah. All right. Um, what's the best compliment you've ever received? Probably, uh, it's work related for me. Um, you know, I, I get people that now that don't necessarily want prices on stuff, they'll just come to me because they know that I'm honest and they'll know that I'll do the right thing for them. So we, I've got customers that just come and said, right, put tires on that. And some people will, will price you back to like within the dollar. Yep. Uh, and they know that I'm fair and I won't overcharge. And so I guess for me, and I have a respect for that. I had a, a customer a while ago that sort of accused me of, thought I was trying to rip him off. And I took offense to that and I told him, I said, look, I really stand by my word and who I am. I don't rip people off. I never have. So if you don't like who I am and what I do, then don't don't deal with me. It's like I was I was actually super offended that he thought I was ripping him off. Mm-hmm. Um, but which is sort of a trivial thing, but it's just who I don't know. I stand by that, and I think I, I have a lot of people that deal with me for that reason. That yep. They know that I'm fair, and I don't um, look. I, I tend to um, a little bit unrelated because I work retail all the time. I'm not very approachable from friends. Um, Matt Lawrence is a primary seven. He comes to see, brings me a coffee every second day, but I literally give him five minutes and that, it burns me to do that and I have apologised to him for it because I like talking to him, yep. but I have like five people lined up waiting to talk and I feel like, man, I fucking do that. And yep, yep. Like I don't give my friends much time, which is lousy of me to do that. And you get tired by the end of a retail day, so you go home and you don't really feel like talking more. Yeah, you just want to switch off. It makes me really antisocial. Yeah. Um, which I said to you when we were trying, we were before that, I'm the guy that sits in the corner and doesn't really socialise too much, but um, but I, I do enjoy and, and Matt's a good guy and I've um, Trav and Tubsy. There's a few few mates, of close mates of mine that I talk to mm-hmm. um, that I don't give a lot of time. I don't go visit too many people. Yeah, I just go home. It's like man, I'm just need to meditate for the next day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, it's just like it's switch off when you get home, sort of thing. It really is. I, I rarely even answer the phone because what we've got phones that people would ring me, I don't know, all hours, all hours, all the time about different things. Acquire. We get now there's Facebook Messenger and there's text message and there's phone message. So you got so and emails. You've got so many forms of communication now that you're never away from from what you do. So yep, yeah. And like, yeah, that's it. People can just get in contact. Like even with you, like I know there was a bit of a delay to get in contact with you, but you know you got back to me. But yeah, like. And I'm not even a customer. Like, you've just got so like I've got post-it notes and emails and and it's not like that. You feel overworked, but you're not necessarily. Are. You just your time manager is is hard to manage. So I normally stay back and after work, and I'll ring those people at five thirty or yep. just just get it done. But. All right, man. Coming to the end now. Is there anything that you wanted me to ask you, but I didn't? No, I don't think so. I think you covered most. Uh, yeah, I covered fucking things I didn't even know about, man. That's insane. Um, is there anything you want to ask me? Uh, yeah, cross photo numbers would be good. handy. Uh, <laughs> fucking four. That's my birthday. I don't know. That'll, any that'll fix my busy work schedule <laughs> problem anyway, straight away. But 
no, okay, look, what's your what's your life plan? What are you? Ah, uh, okay. So life plan at the moment, like last year, I worked as a teacher at three different sites, and I also opened a business. And I just absolutely burnt myself out. So this year's almost like recharge the battery years, really set plans and goals that I want to attack and then like really go for it. But um, yeah, I, I just burnt myself out. Like I was, yeah, like I said, at three sites and then that was about 450 reports that I know as a Japanese teacher, or there was two that was in a classroom, but um, as a Japanese teacher, the parents don't look at reports. Like, yeah, it's just... Brief read, but like doing that for 450 kids was full yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I ran a business, um, took a 40% pay cut to really focus on it. Um, it was fun. It came into a more of a, a, not a burden, I'd say more of a chore than what, what I enjoyed. So just recovering from that, just finding my feet. The thing I've wanted to be doing this whole time has been right under my nose. So I'm attacking that now. And, yep. you know, you've got to be realistic with timelines and stuff. I think that's a problem that I think people have is, it takes time to do things like, and I think that comes back to, you know, social media and like what you see on TV, like there's this instant success, but that's not realistic at all. So, yeah. you know, just set, set my, uh, I guess you could say I've put my seed into the ground. I'm just starting to water it. But yeah, yep. but yeah that, that's me really. I should, yeah. I should do an episode about me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I but uh, ask yourself some questions. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> all right, man, a couple more to go and then we're done. If there was a billboard that had your name down the bottom of it, what would it say on the billboard? So what's the best tip that you know or a quote that you live by? Uh, I don't really have too much that I live by. I would say uh, in, enjoy enjoy the time that you have and don't stress the, the little things. Yep. Um, I think that would be what I would say. Look, no, I, I, not that I don't get overwhelmed and, and shitty or pissed off with things because it does happen. But I don't dwell on them too long. Like yeah. I normally buy, um, I don't know, by the next day or something. I don't actually, there's no one I can physically say that I don't like or or hate as such. Yep. People annoy me. Of course they do. And I'm sure I annoy enough people. It's, that's just the way it is. And mm-hmm. um, But yeah, just move on and, and enjoy yourself. It's too, life definitely too short to be shitty all the time. Mm. That's a that's a big billboard if you're gonna say yeah, that. I know. <laughs> would lose that you have to pull up and Jesus pull up and have a read there. That's good, man. That's good. Don't stress the little things, I suppose. That's yep. the billboard. Yep, nice. <laughs> All right, man. If there's someone listening to this episode right now and you just want them to absorb one thing from our chat today, what do you want that to be? Um What would it be? Uh I don't know. I guess uh, my if there's one person, my my wife in general, that I don't say enough to that that she's probably may feel underappreciated at times, but she sort of does hold whole families together and and does a lot behind the scenes. And as a male or as me as a male, I probably don't tell her that often enough. And um, I did say I was going to have some sort of weird sex story I was going to tell you about her, so she's super nervous about that. <laughs> so I could do that. She'll be nervous the whole time. I did I did say that to her. <laughs> At the time, so but nice, nice. yeah, look, we all we all honestly love her, and she keeps the family together, and and pretty selfless woman. So yep, um, yeah, nice. Just get that out there for her. <laughs> Strange sex, kinky sex story. I like it. All right, man. I, I mean, it's been an absolute delight to have you on. I've this. I just can't believe like, and that's, I think that's why I really enjoy doing what I do. Like, there's just so many people that have experience stuff that I've got no idea about and it's just it's so cool to to let people share that 
to, to, the, to the listeners and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, a big thank you for coming on. No, no worries. I enjoy the, um, the Just Chats podcast. So. Awesome, man. Um, all right, so if you've made it this far, which I'm sure you have, this has been a really fantastic chat. Um, send us a DM if you would like this episode. If there's anything else that you'd like you know, me to ask... Um, uh, Beaker, I believe your nickname yeah, is. It, yeah. yep. um, <laughs> let me know, and uh, we can we can fix that out. Uh, also, I have said at the the end of a couple of episodes recently, if there's anyone that you'd like me to get on the show, uh, just send through the name, and I'll do my best to get them on. But other than that, um, thanks for listening, and yeah, thanks for coming on. No worries, man. Cheers. Awesome.